0: Nostalgic movie review From Nerdy Alright, well Hello everybody It is Spooky Month
1: Woohoo! Welcome back to New Nostalgic Movie Reviews I am David
0: And I am Steven, your Scare Master And for our first
1: Spooky movie
0: We are looking at
1: uh, Steven's pick, Incident in a Ghost Land
0: I don't know why, and I'm right. going to get a little on on a tangent here. I've always loved Spoopy. I don't know where it came from or why it became a thing, but Spoopy is just so fun.
1: <laughs> it's it's fun to say. <laughs> um, this is a 2018 film. It is not rated or you know TVMA, depending on where you watch it. But it's yes, not rated. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it's an hour and 31 minutes long. Uh, little synopsis. Uh, a mother of two who inherits a house is confronted with murderous intruders on the first night in their new home and fights for her daughter's lives. Sixteen years later, when the daughters reunite at the house, things get really strange. Um, I, I absolutely love that synopsis because yes. it doesn't give anything away.
0: Yep. It is vague. <laughs> uh,
1: also, if you haven't seen this movie yet... Uh, stop listening to this and watch the movie first. Yes. Only because it's very spoilery and there are some big twists in this movie that if you hear it first, it's going to ruin the whole movie for you.
0: That being said, I mean, watching it multiple times, like if you want to skip having to watch it multiple times, you might be able to get a little bit of a clue of what's going on in this as we talk about it and then know that going into it. I definitely think, shock value alone is worth going to this blind but knowing what's going on i don't think ruins this movie i think it adds to it but i do think the shock value of the first time watching it you should go blind yeah Yeah. cast and crew so
1: uh i guess uh for the cast we got a director pascal lagier i hope i said that right sorry if i didn't crystal reed mylene farmer uh, Anastasia Phillips, Amelia Jones, Taylor Hickson, Kevin Power, and Rob Archer. Yes. All right, I guess uh, ready for this uh, first section.
0: Best Performance. Um. So who do you have as your best performance for this? It's
1: kind of a, a, a two-hitter.
0: Okay. Same character. <laughs> uh, okay.
1: I think Crystal Reed and Amelia Jones... They play, respectively, uh, adult Beth and young Beth, the main girl. The story is kind of focused around the main sister. I think both of them give stellar performances. And I think, especially with Crystal Reed, the emotions that are felt in this movie, I think she conveys them so well whenever like she has these breakdown moments and it's like, wow, like it almost feels real. Mhm. I also think Anastasia Phillips and Taylor Hickson do a great job with their character.
0: I was actually going to say. But
1: I I just think the other two
0: shined a little bit more for me. I actually have uh, Vera's performances as my top performances. That's awesome. (laughs) So that's kind of funny we chose a different sister there. Especially, I think, adult Vera, um, I think, had the most insane performance in this for me um her Mm -hmm. performance really just showed how heavily traumatized she was and from this perspective in the movie her struggling with a disillusion which we know isn't the reality but it is just horrific the way that they play that scene when she's still like thinking she's being attacked 16 years later and she's in the basement and she's naked and running around thinking she's going to get burned and tell them she's a good girl and just this frantic nature was just insane <laughs> to see. But
1: she does really good with that and but honestly I think like that scene in particular and some of these freakouts mm-hmm. are a bend in reality that Beth had created. Um once we get into spoilers I'll explain more. Mhm. I feel like a lot of those moments where she is freaking out have some truth to them for what's actually going yes. on. But then I think creatively Beth bent the truth a little bit. Yes. Which I mean we'll we'll get to it. We'll <laughs> yeah. Get to yeah. It.
0: Yeah. See so you ready for the next section yet? Favorite moments For me, uh one of my first early favorite moments of this is the mother just going ham on the attackers. I thought this was a really cool, brutal moment of the mother just really trying to save her kids from these brutal attacks that are happening, and this fight was weird to watch and it was kind of just like from the perspective of Beth throughout most of this, so the camera views were obscured sometimes and it was kind of frantic, but I really liked the way most of it was shot. And I like how this is where the illusion starts
1: yeah um i'd agree with you i think that's a pretty powerful scene uh i think my favorite moment uh and this is getting into spoilers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: i think when you realize that the events that adult beth has gone through were all in her head and she's still young and stuck in the house like that transition like because it does this beautiful transition where like adult vera and adult beth are like holding each other on the floor and the camera pans behind this dresser. And when the camera comes on the other side of the dresser, it's back to the young versions of them in the same position, comforting each other. So I I really, I think that scene where you also just start realizing everything that she made up in her mind and twisted for her reality, like is not reality. Like, it was, yeah. it was a twist that I definitely was not expecting and, Because the movie kind of tricks you into thinking it's going, like, maybe two or three different ways than what actually happened.
0: Yeah, and the scene right before that, we get adult Vera being attacked by an invisible force. And we had a nightmare before that where it almost seems like it might be paranormal or something in this house afterwards. Like, where something else is happening and we don't even know what's going on. But we're actually seeing her sister being thrown around and beat around by something that's not there. And her fingers are broken to crap and you hear male voices going on you're like what is going on and then when they t- transition and you realize it's all been in her head like this is and i i agree this is the best moment in this movie mm-hmm. c- cinematography wise everything wise where this is just like holy shit like whoa like
1: i don't know how much time has passed since the initial night attack but like you realize that those two attackers actually killed their mom and has imprisoned them and been torturing them i
0: have a theory on the time length okay so in her adult storyline she talks to in the interview that she has with the hollywood producer or whatever she has that moment where she says that the incident in a ghost land has been out for two weeks so I think they've been oh. in the house for two weeks. So at this point they've been brutally tortured for 14 days straight. And this is Rough. two weeks later and everything we've seen has just been her dealing with the trauma of being tortured for 14 straight days. Rough. Yeah, it, it's 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 brutal. It is definitely brutal, brutal, brutal moment.
1: Yeah, and I'll... Uh... I'll get more into like earlier you mentioned like it, the movie you know almost tricks you into thinking it's paranormal we'll get more to that yeah. in the spoiler summaries um are you ready to move on to what's next
0: um one other thing i did want to say in here of favorite moments um there's a moment where the they call him the fat man in this uh, the fat man lands on the dolls and this is a guy who dresses the everyone up as dolls and likes to play with dolls and is very creepy with everything with it but when the dolls make sounds he hates it and he thinks the dolls are mocking him at all times and he lands on a case full of dolls and all of the dolls sounds all go off at once and we hear them as what we hear in the real world at first and then all of a sudden it starts transitioning into hearing what he would hear with them calling him fat pig no one loves you everyone hates you you should just die who no one gives a fuck about you and it's it's really trippy and really kind of brutal hearing what he hears the doll saying this vicious mockery and it's just it's it's ridiculous and it's a really cool shot scene the way that they use audio in this
1: yeah i think one of the strongest things this movie has for it is the audio
0: oh 100 uh so yeah that's it for favorite moments for me i guess let's move on to our next section what's next
1: so, next week for Spooky Month, we are looking at my pick, Evil Dead Rise.
0: Yes. Go check it out. I believe it is still on Max. Yeah, it's on, it's
1: on Max right now. Yes. And I imagine they'll at least keep it on there through October, but I'm not sure.
0: Oh, of course. Yeah, I, I, probably so. So now
1: let's move on to our summary section.
0: Let's sum it up yes so summary of this movie um like we said this movie was it's been hard even so far talking about this without spoiling too much you probably had some of it spoiled for you already if you haven't watched this but here we go so beth vera and their mom are moving into a distant relative's house of course the house they are moving into has been abandoned for a bit of time and it is in the middle of nowhere while traveling to the house the girls are followed by a candy truck that acts weird, turning on all of its lights, honking at them, and even pulling up next to them. The girls then arrive at the house, and a normal family moving into a new place kind of drama unfolds, where you get the daughters who don't want to be there, the daughter who's okay with being there, the mother who's just trying to keep everyone happy, even though they had to move across the country and leave their boyfriends and other friends or whatever drama behind. And as the girls unpack, they hear some loud noises and they quickly realize they aren't alone. The girls and their mom are then brutally attacked and assaulted. The mother is able to get the upper hand on the attackers and kills two of the men. We skip to 16 years later when Beth is a famous horror writer and she has written the story Incident in a Ghostland. In just two weeks of the book being out, it has become an instant success, and after an interview and a horrible nightmare, Beth gets a call from Vera screaming for her to come back. This scene, knowing the premise and everything that happens in the movie, is so powerful. On a second watch through of me and my wife watching this, this was insane to me because her screaming at her sister to come back is her screaming at her sister to come back to reality. It's not through a phone. It's literally her and her face, like,
1: snap back snack- to reality. <laughs> oh, there, there goes Ghost gravity.
0: gravity. <laughs> 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 Couldn't help it. Oh, well, well played. Well played. <laughs> uh, that was brilliant. <laughs> but yeah. Just just amazing scene. Um, after that call though, she goes back to visit her mom and her sister who surprisingly still live in that same house. Which, who the fuck live in a house that you get almost killed and horribly assaulted in beats me. I don't know why you would ever stay in a house that all that shit happened in. Uh, Vera is a shell of her former self and suffers harshly from trauma of her attack and the assault. The mother seems to be the exact same and she keeps warning Beth not to worry about her sister or listen to her sister because her sister keeps believing she is still under attack. Uh, You start to get clues throughout this entire time that something isn't adding up and you don't fully know who is delusional or what is real or why some of the dialogue and everything feels off Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Vera is attacked by an invisible force that causes Beth to start a to break through the truth which is absolutely horrifying their mother did not survive and attack the attackers their mother was killed right in front of her eyes and ever since that moment they have been trapped in this hellscape being tortured for weeks after this uh, they do end up managing to escape the house and on their escape of the house they do run into some police officers they get their attention of some state troopers the state troopers call in for backup and when the troopers are trying to talk to the young girls they are shot by one of the attackers again and dragged back into the house ugh this moment was brutal yeah once they get back into the house uh They are about ready to be attacked again, and then police come in that were the reinforcements that were supposed to meet up at the house and take out the attackers, and we see the girls traveling away in separate ambulances.
1: And the movie ends.
0: Yes. With
1: Beth looking up at the screen saying, I'm a writer.
0: Cut to credits. (laughs) Some people say it's ambiguous whether they actually got out or not, or some people said because Vera was silent at the end there and they went off into different ambulances that Vera might have actually died and she might be the sole survivor, and she had just a vision of them both surviving or maybe they're that they're actually still in the house. Yeah, who, who I, knows? I it? don't like that idea at all. I want to believe they made it out, but I know this director is notorious for horrible, brutal endings. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I will say uh so this movie I feel like is a mixed bag as far as quality. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are some really well shot scenes. I feel like, you know, the acting is fairly well. There's uh a couple at least one character that I feel like just didn't give their all but the mom I like yeah. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the mom Pauline
0: yeah just
1: everything she says in the movie just doesn't feel like it has feeling it's just very droney and just i don't know i don't feel like she gave the best performance and i know this i think i saw in her imdb profile like she's known for a lot of things so Mm -hmm. i just it's like she it felt like she phoned it in um but i mean there are times this movie feels like a high quality production horror movie yeah and then there are other times where it feels like it's a made for tv film that's fair so earlier we talked about the different genres of this movie. And so before you find out that it does that bait and switch showing that she's still in the present and she hasn't moved on and grown up as an adult and yeah. so, you know, the movie kind of tricks you into thinking one, it's going to, it's about some survivors of an attack dealing with trauma of the past. But then also, and I think this is the part that, that just kind of bugs me the most, like, So it tries to trick you into thinking this is like a paranormal haunting movie. Yeah. One with either the spirits of the killers coming back or these like fucking haunted dolls. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like this, this creepy house they moved into is just littered with dolls. And I, I don't mind that the dolls are a great aesthetic. I think the set design is actually really cool and creative. Yeah. But they end up like opening this puzzle box mirror that's in a room and behind that mirror is this big creepy doll. <laughs> yeah. That makes no sense. It makes noise randomly so it makes you think it's like a paranormal doll or something. Mhm. But I think uh, especially with that doll in particular, but I think there are a lot of jump scares in this movie that just Yeah. don't need to be there, but um but yeah, I guess I don't know, what are your thoughts?
0: Um, I think, for me, especially on a second uh, repeat watch through, there's so many things that I noticed that I didn't notice the first time that I really greatly appreciated. There's so many um, different things in this movie that are subtle hints, or big hints. I mean, like, in the interview, she's talking about... The person says, ''This book sounds like it's autobiographical. Did this really happen to you and your sister?'' And then her husband saying, in a weird way, you always call all the shots. Her sister calling her, like, that scene. Um, we see them, like, when she goes to go visit her mom and sister, they're drinking redneck beer. And she makes a comment of, like, why are you drinking redneck beer? And all of the snack trays, there's candy in all the snack trays when she visits the house with their mom. And you're like, why are they only eating candy? This seems weird. <laughs>
1: when, you, when you see Beth take one sip of the beer. Mm-hmm. before the switch like the the twist yeah you see her kind of like gag a little bit like oh this is
0: gross yep
1: um there's also the huge hint of her son dressed in a jester's outfit and yep. she named her son harley Harlequin.
0: quinn yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well and just like when you do get back to reality and the, after the twist happens you realize like her husband was just a painting her son was just a painting of oh, the wolf was on a wall somewhere the cityscape that you saw in her bedroom was on a wall somewhere like everything the, from that house the interviewer enters on a post yeah there. exactly it, it's crazy all the amount of stuff that's in this and i love the attention to detail that this movie has like i have to give it so much credit for that but oh, yeah I, uh, I also have to say like I've always thought of movies as a way to experience things from any perspective. And this movie shows me a lot about mental health, dissociation, grand illusions, trauma, and depression, where you actually get to like, put yourself in those shoes a little bit of like, Oh my God, like you dealing with these kind of things, you actually might have these grand illusions. You might kind of disassociate your entire life to be able to survive. And I love that her character says that throughout several times, like, I, I create these things to survive. Like if I didn't create these things, my mental health would just be broken. And I love how much mm-hmm. this is inspired by H.P. Lovecraft as well.
1: I really like how this movie is like, on top of being like a home invasion film, like it's psychological. Yeah. So, uh, I think I think it does you know
0: pretty well with that stuff. Yeah. I guess you're ready to move on to our next section. Sure. A little off the top.
1: I guess, so, uh, what would you cut from the film?
0: I struggle with this. This movie is not very long. It's only like an hour and a half. I feel like the movie is pretty well paced. There's, I don't know if there's anything. I necessarily say like don't add anything to the movie because especially after a repeat watch, like there's clues and hints in almost every scene and maybe her like adult life scenes a little too long. Maybe cut that a little bit. Like, we don't need to see her actually writing <laughs> or something, but like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: well, I think they did that because it wanted to show the typewriter. Yeah, exactly. That was working
0: on. And see, that's my problem. It's like almost every scene that I can think of has some sort of thing that ties to reality. Like, yeah, maybe just because the mom was kind of the weakest character, some of the mom stuff mm-hmm. could have been done better or taken out. But what about you?
1: Um, as far as things to cut, I am I'm in a similar boat where I wouldn't cut much, but I would definitely cut like at least 80% of the cheap jump scares. <laughs> I think I don't hate jump scares. I think jump scares are a great thing for horror movies, but there's a point where they just feel cheap and unnecessary and there's just too much. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of the ones involving like the dolls and stuff just it, they don't make sense to me. Yeah. I'd maybe cut down a little bit on some of the actions that the killers have uh towards the girls or just in general i think i'm not a huge fan i'm not a huge fan of the trope of having the big dumb lumbering idiot that is just a tank with no thought in their mind like i don't know that's true which is funny because i'm also a huge fan of like leatherface or jason yeah you know but i don't know i i just think it's done too much um i just think that character is really creepy in some ways that just don't need to be there
0: no that's totally fair
1: but i think my main question with those killers and i think this might be why like i i don't necessarily mind having villains of a movie that you don't know much about them at all yeah but i do kind of wish i knew a little bit more like why are they even there or why are they doing certain actions the only the only hint we get of any backstory about them is from a very short newspaper article in a gas yeah. station talking and I'm like, I don't know, like it was fine, but I just feel like there's there's more information I feel like I wish I knew. But at the same time I understand why. So, I, I, mean,
0: I I get the wanting to know that information, but to the same effect, like I really do love that this is a movie that focuses solely on the victims. This is a movie I that I understand that. That does not like this is more about mental health, I feel like, than anything. Like, I don't know if you've ever played uh, Hellblade. Someone with Sacrifice. It's very similar to me and the same effect of you, uh, the way they deal with trauma and the way they show disillusion and the way they show, like, all these, like, the things that the brain can create and the psychosis that people go through.
1: No, and I I understand, like, why the movie yeah. isn't focusing on the killers. And I don't want the movie to focus on them. I just... I think there is better information to give about the killers than the big one like smelling girls crotches
0: yeah
1: you know i i I (laughs) I totally get that (laughs) i i feel like there could have been better information given than that yes
0: (laughs) because it really just doesn't do anything with them
1: it doesn't do anything for the movie just makes it creepy and uncomfortable and i mean i know that's you know part of why horror movies exist or make things creepy and uncomfortable. But mm. there are some things that's like, is that necessary? True. But I guess to get back to the original, <laughs> I think I would just cut jump scares. Like, not all of them, but no, some of that, them. No, and that's fair that because, necessary. like,
0: what you're saying with, like, the dolls, that makes total sense. Like, there's so many of those, especially, like, her, like, nightmare scenes where, like, the dolls are just, like, popping up out of nowhere in, like, the doorway. Like, that literally just almost confuses you more like if that wasn't in the movie i think you might be able to catch on to things a little bit sooner and you might be able to like just get the whole glimpse of it i think it's there just to throw you off
1: and i i think you're exactly right because my questioning like why is she having a nightmare about a doll jump scare instead of they could have put a different jump scare there or something involving the killers. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because you'd
1: think she'd be more traumatized about the killers and not a doll.
0: Exactly. Yeah, no, I 100% yeah. agree with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, But, I mean, that's all I think. Other than that, you yeah, know, I think the movie's fairly well done. I guess, are you ready to move on to ratings? Yes.
0: Final thoughts and ratings.
1: I think uh, it's a very creative movie. I think it's mostly really well done. I mean, there's a few things that don't feel right, but I say stream it at least once. Okay. If you have a desire to rewatch it so that you can catch more detail, stream it twice. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd ever watch it more than twice, though. I am not even sure I'll even watch <laughs> it a second time. I watched it once, and I feel like I've gotten everything out of it I could.
0: That's fair. How about you? I, I, I always hate saying this with movies that deal with such horrible, destructive, brutal topics. I hate saying that I enjoy these movies, but in some aspects, I really do enjoy it. And I, I have to say that I really did enjoy this movie. I think this movie showcases psychosis in ways I haven't seen a lot of movies do before that I really, really enjoyed. I loved how much it focused on the victims and i loved how much this film it's a movie that goes in ways you never would expect but it still guides you well enough to the conclusion while still shocking you like this movie is just brilliant in the way that it's done that i haven't seen a lot of other movies do this style of kind of bait and switch kind of give you the unexpected before that just really highlights it for me and I know it was a it was a movie I actually heard about from a couple of horror movie reviewers that I love on TikTok and they said the same thing and it's after watching it a second time I'm like, man, I caught even more stuff and I'm I'm probably gonna watch this every once in a while. I'm not gonna it's not gonna be like a every Halloween kind of movie or anything, but it it's one I'll 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 return to again.
1: That's understandable. I mean it is enjoyable for the most part, so Yeah. Again next week, uh for spooky month we are going to take a look at Evil Dead Rise.
0: Yes. Join us for that one. Goodbye. <laughs>